going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable, a Wilf production. This week, Bob judges and indulges in podophilia and masterfully baiting whales. Wade reveals black market firefighters and has grave job opportunities. Mark gains prescient pan points with a yarn about hiding in BS and exploding tons of stinking sperm. Yes, it's time for I tried so hard and I got so far. But in the end, it didn't even matter. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Distractable. Unless you're new here, then just regular welcome. And where have you been? It's fine. It's fine. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, This is a podcast hosted by myself, Bob, and uh, competed in by my two friends and occasional hosts, but mostly competitors, if we're honest, Mark and Wade. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hello. Oh, they're stuck in a loop. They're, no, stop that. Pause. Mute. Whatever. If you don't know... Hey. <laughs> if you don't know, this podcast is a competition. I'm hosting today, which also means I am judging. And my two co-hosts are not actually hosts because they're trying to win. Over the course of the episode, they will accrue points or something like points. And at the end, I will decide a winner based on points or maybe not. And the winner hosts the next episode. And I'll get to compete in that episode against the loser of this one to show them how much of a loser they are. Um, okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a very uplifting, it's a very positive podcast. You know, it's, a, it's a, a positive mental attitude kind of place we got here. Uh, but before we jump into the competition, or maybe it's all competitive, mm. uh, we usually like to do a little small talk. How are you, gentlemen? How how are how is how are your feet? I don't know why that's last. <laughs> Those are good, man. Uh, so good feet, solid. Yeah. Um, ten out of ten on Wiki Feet or good the Good Feet Store. Or good Good Feet. Yeah, right the first time. Good Good feats. Uh, good eats sister website. <laughs> that would be the best follow up to Alden Brown having good eats. It's like a weird celebrity foot photo website called Good Feet, hosted by Alden Brown. Mm-hmm. Their toe licking good. No, I don't. Never. No. All right. I can't even lick my own toes. I don't lick each other's toes. Can we reboot the episode? Can we just like just stop and get the rewind sound effect in there and then not <laughs> oh. talk about feet? Uh, how are your f- f- hairs? <laughs> my hairs? 
I don't know. I was trying to think of something neutral that's not hurt or injured on anybody that everybody has. That was not a good choice. Just like with family members, I've lost a lot over the years. <laughs> that's how my hair is going. Okay, <laughs> great. Can we go back to me? Can we can we go back again and try once more? Howdy, howdy. How are your elbows? No, nothing controversial about elbows. Tell you what. Oh, my weenuses are great. That's yeah, fine. Classic. That's fine. That's what it is. My weenuses are moist. Well, uh, my elbows are good, strong. No, no accidental falling over, breaking your elbow situations. No, why would that occur? I'm fine. You know what, Bob? I'm gonna go ahead and suck up for points here. I like your questions. Ah, <laughs> thanks, man. It's not that his questions are the problem. It's you, Wade, and your responses <laughs> to said questions that I have trouble. <laughs> wow, a competitor saying the other competitor is the problem. How original! I love it. <laughs> points for Mark. Thank you. All right, you know, fair enough. More points for Wade for kissing my ass, though. I love that. Even oh yeah. Yes, that is that is expected. Uh, anyway, great small talk. We've learned a lot. Really caught up personally. It's only been thirty six hours since we were together doing this. What do you mean? That was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, does anyone have any? You got any funny news stories or anything, Mark? I'm the host, but that's sort of your game. Is that a request? I I hadn't prepped any. Uh, no. Do you, do you have your magical list of hilarious shit that Pam uh, finds for you? Come our, on. Our resident uh, international reporter Pam uh, hasn't updated the list since the last time I tapped into it, so there's not. <laughs> I don't have a Pam. I've got some funny news. Huh? I got some really funny news to pretty much everybody. I think, except Mark. Stadia is dead. How's <laughs> <laughs> that for funny? <laughs> Well, oh, kind of stealing Bob's wow. thunder there for the whole premise of the episode, aren't you, well, Wade? it's news. I found it. I get to deliver it. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's... that's true even remotely. We were all here five minutes ago. You know that, right? But I found it. You I found, found it someone else's work, and I took credit for it. The message that Amy left in our group chat that says it, that we're all looking at, is that what you're counting as you finding it? No, I found it on social media. I didn't see it here. No, Amy uh, found it first. <laughs> Amy did find it no! first. Yes, this no! is a hundred percent true. That's like where <laughs> that info came from when we talked about that. Literally right before we were all like, "All right, let's record." It wasn't though. I was I was scrolling uh -huh. through Twitter and I saw it. It, it sure. was. The, I I assumed you had seen that. I know, that's, no, that's what I thought too. I was scrolling through Twitter and I was like, "Oh, guys, I got the biggest." breaking story thanks to Dude, tom tom verge <laughs> you're behind the times man i don't ever look at our own discord okay i concede my points to amy it's fine that's fair i don't know amy takes the lead in a rare fourth party point concession is amy the fourth person in the discord she's the oh, fourth God. wall oh we must not break her i guess oh god don't break don't break what? amy <laughs> don't <laughs> First roll of theater, never break Amy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're off to a great start. I do have news if you want it, but I don't know how much more derailed this episode can get. No, I like it. This is how I like to host. All right. Oklahoma man leads authorities on pursuit. Found hours later hiding in cow manure. <laughs> is there a picture? <laughs> 
<laughs> There's no picture. Mark, and literally, that's, you clearly had to have misread the word Florida, man. Yeah, that's that's all the story is. Nah, and it's Oklahoma, unfortunately. Police in Nowata County, Oklahoma, say 23-year-old Wolf Octoberberry. <laughs> what? What was that name? <laughs> initially fled from officers who were attempting to make a traffic stop for not wearing a seatbelt. Barry sped away from the officers, drove down a country road before crashing and continuing to flee on foot. Authorities say Barry was located later that day after hiding in cow manure for several hours. Damn. And that's it. He must have been in some deep shit. <laughs> he almost made it to the 12-hour cutoff, too. If he had just made it four or five more hours, they'd have given up. Yeah. I bet the stars were flashing on the screen. They were about to go away. <laughs> Do you think they circled the pile of cow manure before they found him? You know, they are like, I know he's in there. I can see his head <laughs> sticking out. It's like when out. a parent knows where their kid is, they're just pretending <laughs> not to. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> <laughs> he must not be here. <laughs> he must. Oh. Where could he be? I think we lost him, but let's hang around for another hour until maybe we'll find him. Do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway, that's the, that's the story I got from award-winning reporter Pam. Pam does such a good job. Pam does a good job. I concede Mark's points to Pam. Fair enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> Yay. We're, We're going to have the next week off, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be me, Pam, and Amy. <laughs> Mark and I are going to go to, I don't know, the Bahamas or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, Oklahoma, I hear it's good this time of year. They got great shit. Yeah, great shit. Yeah, it's starting to cool down, too. So, you know, you really need to find a place to stay nice and toasty. That's why they call it cold Lahoma. Let's move on immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was thinking through it, and I was just about to say, you know what? I think that's the best version of that. I'm gonna give it to you. All right, I'll take it. Cause old Oklahoma is way worse. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That just sounds like a terrible drink. Yeah. <sighs> but we have to do this part, guys. I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you, we, we have to move on to the competition now, where you'll tear each other limb from limb, metaphorically and verbally, just. Punch each other right in the face a bunch, probably, maybe. Or maybe it'll be really fun. Oh, who knows? We'll see. Anyway. I'm going to roll a d20 to stab Mark in the heart. What? Why? I rolled a two. Did I succeed? You stabbed yourself in the feet. <laughs> Ow! Next <laughs> time when I check in on your feet, you'll have a real story to tell. Just like every competition, I defeat myself harder than anyone else can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've learned long ago that I simply need to say nothing, and you will destroy yourself in due time. I will joust us both! <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. On to the topic of the day. Mm. The year 2013. Mm. I'm a young lad. Actually, the year's probably before that. I don't know the specific year. 2012, probably. I'm a, I'm a young lad. I've worn glasses my whole life, and I've loved technology my whole life. Mm. I wish I didn't have to wear glasses, I guess, but also they kind of round out my face. You know, my, my eyes are really squinty, so glasses kind of help with that situation. And I have kind of a strong brow, and uh, I wish my eyebrows were naturally a little less bushy. But uh, that's not the point. I have to wear glasses, and I love technology. I've always been really excited about smartphones. I almost had a panic attack the first time I got a smartphone. My parents got it for me for my birthday. It wasn't an iPhone. It was the Android version. And I was a big Android fanboy for a long time until I got an iPhone. Where was I going with this? Oh, right. It's 20... This story sounds familiar. <laughs> it's, it's 2010 it's 2012. 2012. 2012 again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway... Suddenly, out of nowhere, the company that I'm a big fan of makes Android. Google announces 
a new product. <sighs> April of 2012. Sergey Brin wore a prototype of a thing called the glass mm-hmm. to an event in San Francisco at the Foundation Fighting Blindness, May 2012. They demonstrate for the first time how you can shoot videos on this thing. Effectively, if you've never heard of the Google Glass technology, it is like a little camera thing with like a little display thing that sits right on the edge of your glasses or if you don't wear glasses it sits right on the edge of a weird looking frame that doesn't contain any lenses but goes all the way across the front of your face and it's the i don't know if it's fair to say the first but it's one of the first hands-free wearable pieces of technology with a camera and a display it's like the future Mm. it's like science fiction Mm-hmm. You can talk to it. You can say, Google, take a picture, and it'll be all, uh, we'll put in a picture sound. This a shutter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to try and make it with my mouth, but that I, you know what pictures sound like. Put that in. That's a camera. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it with my mouth. Yep. I love that camera model. Uh, that's, a, that's one of the 1800 models, you know, the steam powered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got so excited about this. Did you guys see Google Glass when it was like announced? Yeah. And, and the Explorer thing? Yeah, that was 10 years ago. I've got like three pairs now. They're great. Well, that'd be impressive. Uh, anyway, for 1500 bucks, you could buy one of these bad boys. I didn't have that kind of money when I was that age. So I never actually bought one. But man, did I want one. I looked at videos of people using it. I looked at all the features it could have. Oh, we started the what? What? We started Drunk Minecraft in 2012. Yep. So weren't you rich? Oh, well. Is that how that works? <laughs> well, that's a secret. <laughs> <Don't know>. oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, I coveted these bad boys. They had a ton of cool technology. They were tiny. They were the future to me. And I think a lot of people saw that and saw the future of like wearables and technology. At that point, I didn't even know if the Apple Watch existed. Not at that point. No way. I don't think so. So like wearables were still coming and Google was like, sci-fi glasses, boom, take that. And uh, yeah, they went on for a while in 2015. Technically the beta ended. They were like early access science glasses until 2015. And they actually lived a lot longer than I thought. But ultimately, as I slowly and painfully arrived at the theme of this episode, these glasses from Google turned out to be basically nothing but a big, huge, colossal failure on Google's part. And I maintain that it was mainly because they were way ahead of their time. Mm. Because I think if something like this came out today and was a little bit more refined and cool, I think people would go crazy for that. Oh, yeah. I think we're in a time period where people are all about wearables and, and tech in your home and all of this stuff. It's way more common. Like tons of people have Apple Watches and Google Watches and same like... There are all these smartwatches and stuff. I think it was just way ahead of its time. And it didn't quite maybe have the technology to stand up to what phones were capable of. So it felt a little bit weak, but it turned out to be a big failure. They sold almost 8,000 Google glasses. Whoa, 8,000? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just barely any at all compared to most technology. Mm-hmm. And although the product did live on, they released like Google Glass enterprise in like 2015 2016 they released enterprise 2 or enterprise edition 2 in uh, 2019 it doesn't say they stopped like supporting it but i haven't heard a single thing in the news or anywhere about google glass since like 2014 2015 
it absolutely fell off the planet. Or it was so successful the government stole it and they're secretly doing it with all their alien experiments and stuff and wearing their glasses and we're just not allowed to know. <laughs> they're secretly doing glasses? Yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that really what you, know, you said? They're selling yeah. them to the aliens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I hope so, because I would totally buy some Google Glass. So I, ho I hope the aliens bring it back. To be fair, like there is government and industrial applications for these things, that, or at least that's what they're trying to sell to. And if anyone knows anything, it's it's that governments and uh, corporations are really fucking stupid, and they'll buy anything <laughs> that gives them even a modicum of improved productivity, no matter how cumbersome or annoying or stupid, if it's fancy. Okay, well, I was, I was hoping you were accidentally setting this up to be a good note but oh well sorry nepal i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna point out that in june of 2014 very early on still technically in beta the government of nepal adopted google glass officially into their uh as a piece of tech to supplement their i don't know if it's park rangers or what they have a problem with poaching wild animals hmm. because the in nepal they have the chitwan international park and other parks that are listed under world heritage sites that house you know rare and or endangered or at risk species and so they adopted google glass as a piece of tech for their like rangers to use to coordinate their defense against poachers nepal's not in minnesota that's saint paul where's nepal <laughs> it's, it's like in north of india in that part of the world oh that's far from minnesota okay got it thank it's you not not an american state or city no got it the whole whole country i should have just said south asia it's in south asia Wow. I gotta work on my geography. Well, I don't have anything against Nepal. I don't believe so anyway. I'm pretty <laughs> like sure. I don't believe it exists. I don't believe, <laughs> I don't I don't believe, believe in, in Nepal. Nepal. It's like Santa. What kind of name is Nepal for a country? I don't believe in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around. I turned around, around. And Nepal was gone. <laughs> Anyway, but it's uh, it, it is one of the things where I don't know what the practical application of it is. I don't know how it increased productivity, but HoloLens by Microsoft is like a competing product. And I went to their website and they're selling it for guess how much it's it costs. $1,800. The industrial edition costs $4,950. Okay, what about the normal Ooh. edition? $3,500. What about the discount edition? $3,500. What about HoloLens SE? 5199 Comes with an included hard hat. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, so is it like attached to a hard hat? It is, yes. It is mm, absolutely attached to a hard sick. hat. For safety. That is the geekiest hard hat you could own. It really is. You guys want to see it? It is the nerdiest shit. I, I'm gonna I'm already Googling Shwab it. It's in the Discord. Shwabam, look at that. Look at the efficiency. Now they just need like one of those GoPro stick things coming out. Oh my god. <laughs> that hard hat looks like it's hardly on the dude's head. <laughs> It's got a little thing in the back that's ratchet. Yeah, no, that doesn't look super comfortable. I mean, it doesn't look really heavy, but heavy is relative. I don't know how how heavy your thing has to be on your head for it to wear your neck out super fast. Aren't hard hats supposed to protect more of your head than just the very top of your tallest hair? That's honestly like a perfectly normal hard hat, Wade. I'm sorry that you don't know how hard hats work. Then how low are that guy's ears on his head? No, there's no way. That's, that's a very standard hard hat. <laughs> I hard hat. It's it's not a helmet. It's not a wraparound thing. Hard hats on head. 
protect you from something falling from above you, not something that like hits you in the side of the head. Mm. So they're designed to uh, deflect stuff hitting you on top of your head that's falling from above you primarily. All these images I see, there's like a quarter inch between the hat and the ear. That's like a full inch, inch and a half. Look, we're not here to critique the hard hat of it when it oh, costs yeah, over right, $5,000. Well, they could have at least given him the full hat. They like cut out the hat to give him the glasses. Cheapos. I like to imagine that that turns construction workers into like video game characters and they just have a little line on the ground in front of them that's like, get some wood. <laughs> he walks over there. I, I imagine they were NPCs just walking into the wall. Picks up an armful of wood and then it's like, boop, drop the wood <laughs> off at the construction site and shows them a little line on the ground. Yeah, they get they get a few cents out of their paycheck every time they complete something. <laughs> that's four cents. There's, there's a bar that's the maximum amount they could earn and then everything they do chips away at the progress bar. God, honestly, that sounds great. Like, you know exactly what your work <laughs> to pay ratio translates to. Like, yeah, but it'd be so low. If you work for five years, you can invest in experience points, either having a day off or getting paid another dollar. <laughs> well, okay, that's a little pessimistic, but yes. <laughs> you mean realistic? No, I, I could see what you're saying, because that would be more satisfying mm -hmm. as you're working. The thing is like, oh, that's some money. Ooh, that was a big one. That's yeah. a lot of money. You know, it would be like, oh, you completed a, a wall. You framed in one whole wall in this room. Two cents. Yeah, of course. Better hurry up. Oh, no, I got a time bonus negative modifier minus $2. What if it could be like, okay, imagine it was a fair world where you actually had your pay based entirely on the work you did. It wasn't like a preset. You get paid 18 an hour to do this and you fill up the bar slowly like that. It was literally like each task in the work that you do, which is already categorized by the company, has a price attached to it. So even if you're doing something like just manually transferring data and organizing in whatever some boring office job it had a price per thing and you could see it progress as you do it like and then work was paid fairly for how much you did and you only got paid as much as you did but you could see it in real time that could be fun interesting if we didn't live in the dystopia that is america right now yeah you're right. i can understand what you're getting at but i can't view that as anything other than the the bad guys from ready player one just mining your soul and trading you a nominal amount of nominal nominal amount of currency nominal in, nominal, nominal. in uh, exchange for pieces of your humanity yeah you right but yeah like if we were in another universe where stuff was you know equitable that would be cool i would i would appreciate what you're theorizing for sure because then it would be satisfying you would feel motivated to keep going to keep doing the next thing It'd be hard to track like certain jobs like emergency services. It's like if a firefighter is just sitting around waiting for a call, are they getting paid for that? Or is it like yeah. only when they get calls? They have like some kind of perk where they get a base level of constant earnings that's really low. But then when action comes, they earn a lot all at once because it's such a dangerous activity they're doing. So then there's gonna be like a black market of firefighters hiring people to start fires so they can make more money. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> They're like, God, we haven't had a good fire in like two weeks. I'm going broke here. Mm. I'm going to make the call. Timmy, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, you got it, boss. I got the fire, boss. <laughs> yeah, we had two very different Timmys. <laughs> like the vision of everyone's in the firefighter school, in firefighting class, and the, the teacher's like a middle school gym teacher. And they're all right, half of you use your firefighters, half of you use fire starters. <laughs> Get this going. Uh, so, cops and robbers. We have the firefighters and fireies. Fire, fire, 
Firers. 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 The fire lords and ladies. Lords and fire peasants. <laughs> the lords start the fires and the peasants have to try and put them out. Do you guys remember, I don't know if you did this, Bob, but whenever Mark and I were going to Milford way back in the day in like junior high, we had to take this like little job survey quiz. It was like seventh or eighth grade. Sure. And it like gave you a list of probabilities of what jobs were good for you. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did that. I got like, uh, oh God, what did I get? I got like... Fire watcher? No, I got weird things. I had like grave tender, clerk, archaeologist, and like I, I don't remember like I don't remember what it was. Grave tender. They were like yeah, it was like <laughs> they were five things that were not in any way related that all came up, and they were all like I don't like any of these options. Pool looker at her. <laughs> yeah. Grave watcher. Yeah. Sand raker. Old person rub downer. Hey, being a pool watcher and that being your job rather than being something you get arrested for? Uh, sign me. No, don't sign me. Poop sniffer. Ah, <laughs> see you from Oklahoma. <laughs> you guys ever hear the, uh, the old joke about the, the diesel fitter? The no. diesel fitter. Guy's applying for a job at a uh, new company. And the uh, guy interviewing me is like, oh, I think you're going to be a great fit. I think you're going to do a great job here. This is just interviews to, you know, cursory. I think you're basically hired. Sounds great. And uh, the guy starts working and he's useless. He just sits there. They give, him a, they give him a job. It's like a machine company where he's supposed to be, you know, putting pieces together, helping assemble mechanical parts for like engines or whatever. And after, after a couple of days, the guy who hired him comes down to the floor and is like, what the hell, man? You, your resume was perfect. You seemed great. Why aren't you doing your job? And the guy's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm sitting here, but this, I don't understand. This isn't what I signed up for. And the guy who hired him was like, it said on your resume, you've been a diesel fitter for like a decade. And for anyone who doesn't know, a diesel fitter is like a guy who works on diesel engines and is good at these things. And the guy's like, yeah, I did. I did. I, that's what I did. Last decade, spent the whole time. I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. Tell me what you did at your job. And the guy sitting on the floor is like, well, I, was, I sat at the end of the pantyhose production line. And uh, they told me every 15th pair of pantyhose, I should pull them over my head and see if diesel fitter. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, now you could feel the pain that I felt every time my dad told that joke. <laughs> <clears throat> well, how long have we been? Okay, there is a topic for this episode. Is okay. there? <laughs> Failures. Right. <laughs> We're getting older. Like that joke? And Google Glass, uh -huh. I want you to tell me about some hilarious failures. The more effort that went into it, the better. For example, Google Glass, millions in experimental research and development. It was actually done by Google X, which is Google's cool to push the boundaries tech sector sort of thing. Pretty big failure. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the most colossal tech failure that's ever happened, but pretty big failure. Nobody liked it. It was basically a joke. Find me these things. Tell me some good stories. It doesn't have to be tech, but big failure. Okay. That's the topic. I got one. It's titled, Google Takes on This Open Seas. I've got one too. Can I give my title? Yeah, go Sure. We'll do it old school. <clears throat> All right, my title. You locked that, right? <laughs> well. That's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's yeah, fair. It's I think fair. Wade it's gets fair. to go uh, first. Even I'm curious. <laughs> you get the title points. You go first, Wade. 
This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Guys, I found another subscription. It's not even one. They keep coming. What? That's crazy. But that's okay, because I could use Rocket Money. Uh... Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money can help you have full control over subscriptions, have a clear view of your expenses. If there's anything in there that says, like, please cancel this for me, don't press it. I'm going to go press all of those buttons. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash distractible. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Rocketmoney.com slash distractible. You should get that, Mark. It's probably important. Oh, no way. So, I'm going to take you back a couple years, okay? 1453, to be exact. Whoa. Okay. I remember that. Sure. The Ottoman Empire is assaulting Constantinople. Cool. Constantinople, the Byzantines, they're entrenched. They're ready. No one is getting in. Byzantines. Byzantines are entrenched. Will, make me sound smart. No one's getting in, except somebody forgot to lock one of their massive gates. They simply open the door and flood in. Constantinople falls. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Not only did they lock the gate, they were like, well, that's locked. We don't have to watch that. Literally, uh, they left a gate unlocked, allowing the invading Turks to pour in and just annihilate them. Wow. Right. This, is a long, this is a long time ago. Gates were big, right? Big, like, metal trellis sort of thing or, like, big, enormous wooden door of some sort. I imagine the lock is more than just a little turnkey. I imagine it's something like pretty big. I don't know, like a big wooden thing you slot in. I don't know, but I imagine there's something pretty obviously missing with a giant locked gate. Yeah, it would have to be something where it's like it is the physical brace that would hold the big doors together. And as soon as people were like checking, is this a push or a pull? Whoa, it opens. (laughs) They were through. They flooded in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a constant problem for uh, invaders back in those days. You get up to the gate and you're like, they never label these. Is this a push or a... God damn it. I can't tell if we're pushing and it's not going to go or if we're pushing and it's just locked. How do we know? Big holdup. Big problem for lots of invaders. Real tough. Real tough. Who <laughs> yell about their problems kind of like Seinfeld. I mean, I could have gone in depth with the whole story, but I felt like that was a pretty big uh, lapse in 
protection there. They had a great, great plan. Really entrenched. Uh, gotta lock the door, though. That does seem like a pretty monumental fuck up. To be fair, they probably had a lot of, I, I don't know how many, I mean, it's a pretty big city, I think, at least I imagine it was, and uh, probably had a lot of gates, a lot of entrances, so. Yeah, but like. Probably an easy oversight, but a pretty big oversight. Maybe it's harder than I'm thinking it is, but if you're under, you know, siege, if you're defending the walls of your city, Locking the gates is one of the only couple things you really have on the checklist, isn't it? Like, what do you stand at your posts inside and watch and make sure the door's locked? I would think. And maybe fire back with your catapults or whatever. No, no, I don't know. no, 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 no. Do you forgive their mistake, Mark? You don't think it's that big it deal? It happens. It ha and also, what's the odd that it was an inside job? I mean, it could also be like mm. someone paid someone to keep a certain gate unlocked and they just got away with it. Maybe it was too embarrassing to, to think that someone betrayed them. No, actually, it would be too embarrassing to leave it unlocked. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Just a prankster was like, I'm going to unlock this. They locked it. I'm going to unlock this. What an embarrassment. <laughs> oh, also, we're all dead. He had like a stone tablet and a chisel. And he was like taking a selfie with his stone tablet <laughs> while doing it. Like, epic prank. <laughs> Man, taking a selfie used to take days. <laughs> he was so busy taking his selfie, like he couldn't even pay attention to the door. <laughs> It was actually like a couple of guardsmen who were like, wait, 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 we're defending the city. Let's get a selfie of this. They're sitting in front of it with the hammer and chisel, like <laughs> us locking the gate. <laughs> Slammed open and the invaders just come right in. And then they're still like, oh God, they're coming in. It's like, oh, it's still developing. Ding, 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 ding. Wait, change it, change it. It looks different. <laughs> no, delete that one. <laughs> just smash it with a big hammer and start over. Well, bad job, Constantinople. Very bad. Very bad. Let's go to the future. All right. Talk about Google and the oceans. They didn't have either of those things in the past. So, yeah, oceans didn't exist until about 1832, as we all Everyone know. Everyone knows, yeah. Google didn't exist until about 1843, soon after oceans. Google and oceans very closely tied together, as we all know. So this actually is a mystery. Google once built... Not one, not two, but four custom floating barges between the years of 2010 and 2012 intended to be used as, quote, an interactive space where people can learn about new technology, end quote, possibly as luxury showrooms for Google Glass and other products on an invitation-only basis. Google halted work on the barges in late 2013 and began selling them off in 2014. Team. So to put this in perspective, when I say barge, I'm talking about a enormous shipping container, not as huge as some of them are, but they are in the range of about 250 feet in length and 72 feet wide with a gross tonnage of about 2000 to 2500 tons of pure steel weight. Why they made this or why they thought this was a good idea or why they thought a floating barge was the proper way to bring Google Glass or any of their products to the world is still a mystery to this day. I don't know who authorized this project in general. It seems like the brainchild of something that a mad scientist would conjure up, like between the making your evil layer on, the, on an active volcano uh, <laughs> right up to there in the Arctic in the most inhospitable place four different huge barges just to bring people on and show off the details in that are really what get me mm -hmm. if, if google was like oh we want to have 
you know, they're they're in Mountain View, which is really outside, but really close to like the Bay Area, right? So they're close to the ocean. They're close to San Francisco, big city, lots of stuff happening in that area. Mm-hmm. And if they were like, we want a barge so we can like park it somewhere in and near San Francisco because real estate is expensive and hard to come by, but maybe they have a good spot where they can put a barge as a thing where it's like, come to San Francisco, see our cool exclusive barge thing just you know as a way of like dealing with that okay weird solution but okay why did they start with four (laughs) they were so sure the barge thing would be huge they were like fuck it buy a bunch of them these are gonna be great like what that's why there's so many theories that what google said was a bullshit excuse as opposed to the actual intended usage of it Mm. because one of the main theories was that it was going to be a data barge basically they were going to have a floating server that could float around and i think this was in conjunction with google's project loon and various other connected uh world kind of ideas so that you could have uh the data centers wherever you would need them and then probably like locally deploy uh, a, a f- fleet of balloons to s- connect internet and spread around <laughs> this this was in seriously well maybe not seriously but like this is the theory uh, because sure, google's sure. google's entire idea was just like the internet must spread and we must be the ones to bring it to everybody that's why there i think or they think that there were four because servers could be rapidly cooled in the ocean mm. the ocean water recycling it out would be an infinite supply an infinite thermal bank to dump heat you just pump water in make sure none of it spills out of the pipes but you pump water in flood it across the radiators and dump it right out the back the move would naturally cause the water to flow and and there wouldn't need to be a lot to keep things cool which is one of the biggest problems energy would be provided by wave energy systems or the giant diesel generators on those barges anyway so it's like it could have been something but either way at some point someone in google was like well this is a fucking stupid idea just like the hot air balloon internet idea was dumb uh, let's get rid of that like i don't know what the decision process i think it's got to be like a council of elders style situation you know where you walk in you get the five big chairs in the darkness one big chair in the center and you gotta appeal your case oh, cigar smoke oh, coming out yeah. but you can't see their faces oh absolutely yeah 100 <laughs> percent like uh, the elusive man almost from Mass Effect. Yeah, exactly like that. I love that. Wave generated energy is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in a different place now than it was a decade ago, probably. But have you guys seen, I'm, I'm going to circle back to the Google situation. But have you seen the wave generators where uh, it's basically like a series of tubes and at the top is like a turbine like a fan blade thing that tur- when it turns it generates electricity and then the water is just allowed to come in and out of the tube and it creates air by the motion of the waves that turns the turbine that generates electricity i have not seen any recent developments but that does sound super cool and there are other forms of wave generators using the you know up and down motion and floats and different things it's very cool because it's aside from the wear on the, the moving parts of the thing itself it's actually, I think, a pretty like efficient and consistent way to generate electricity. It's very neat. And so I could absolutely see the idea of like a barge that's largely self-sufficient or completely self-sufficient. Maybe it was a different time back then, infrastructure-wise. Why is the data center's location as important? Why can't you just... There are so many cables across the bottom of the ocean and satellites and stuff. Is that better? Is moving a barge with a huge data center on it better than just 
giving people connectivity into the existing infrastructure? Probably. Not that you would know. I just feel like that's an insane thing. Probably. Yeah, I mean, probably. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. No clue. I don't think places that, that have trouble connecting to the internet or don't have connections to the internet are like, it fucking better be gig speed. <laughs> if you give me that DSL shit, I'm not even going to use it anyway. Like, I don't know if that's a huge issue. I feel like satellite internet's pretty effective. It's not the, the fastest. But also, to get back to Google, I like your uh, the council theory, but I also like the idea that they just have a room somewhere with a bunch of monkeys that they just take care of and pamper. And the monkeys just hammer out ideas. And like 99.9% .9 of them, people look and they're like, banana-shaped cell phone. Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But then, like, the boss has ordered it, better do it. <laughs> the, the barge thing came out, and some, some person reviewing the ideas was like, maybe I better bring this to the corporate. The corporate. <laughs> the corporate. The corporate. <laughs> the corporate needs to know. Yes, you've reached the corporate. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a wild one. Do you have, does, I don't know what resource you're looking at. Is there any idea how much this costs? Barges cannot be cheap. Uh, I actually have no idea, but it has to be in at least the tens of millions. Building something of that scale with the functionality that it needed would be uh, like astronomical. Like how much does a shipping container cost to build? Do you mean like a container ship? Yeah, yeah. Container ship. Sorry, you're right. That would be very different. I got different results. Uh, $8,000. Okay. Average price for a geared 500 TEU was $10 million, but higher ranges, 6,500 to 1,200 TEU. I don't know what TEU means. What does TEU mean? TEU. Also university. <laughs> TEU? TEU. TEU. 20-foot equivalent unit. So that's how many... 20 foot containers it can carry. Ah, okay. So something that could carry 9,000 of them is about 1,200 feet long. So this is in the 1,000 TEU range. It would probably be about 20 million per ship to make. <sighs> so this is at least a $100 billion project. Which for Google, I'm sure they didn't even notice, but that's a pretty good fuck up. That's a pretty big fuck up. If I'm comparing these stories head to head, I have to say, I don't know what the valuation of the city of Constantinople would be. <laughs> adjusted for you know modern currency values or whatever probably pretty valuable this is a very large city i mean it still is a pretty big city right it's istanbul now istanbul i don't know i don't know how these compare i think the google one is funny because it's completely insane and they really chose to do that whereas the door being unlocked is <laughs> just an unbelievable fuck up that no one did on purpose or it was an inside job we don't know True. That's true. I hope they got paid well and weren't just killed like everyone else when the invaders got inside. Mm, yeah, well. Uh, it's a thing I always find funny in stories around that are similar to that one where, you know, it's in some historical time period and a person is like, I, I will betray my city, but it's okay because the random soldiers who come in from the enemies will know that I'm the guy who did the thing for them. <laughs> they won't hurt me. <laughs> really? You did a deal with like four people yeah. who are not going to be here when an invasion happens or whatever. Yeah. Why do you think you're safe for some reason? Yeah. And even if the first guys see that, oh, that guy let us in. 
in, the guy a thousand people back is gonna come in there and be like, who do I kill? That guy's yeah. standing there. Yeah. <laughs> He's got no weapon. Unless there's a way for him to like leave through the unlocked gate before they invade. How? <laughs> there's a no army. He just, he just walks out the gate and is like, I don't know. I don't know what the gate was like. I don't know if it's just like a doorknob or if it's like a big pull rope or I don't. I don't know. I'll be back, guys. I'm just uh, the. The uh, king was like, get me some milk. And, you know, the cows <laughs> around here. Uh, we'll be back. Our gate guard went to get milk and he never came home. I think he might be betraying us. I'll go find him. <laughs> He'll come back eventually. Right, step gate guard? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> he leaves and then another guy comes like, hey, I'm your step gate guard. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll never replace original gate guard, but... If you ever need to talk. And I brought milk with me. Anyway. I have more. It's not really. This is a surprisingly tough one. Maybe I'll hold withhold the points. I have more. We'll go another round. I've got more stories. I've got more titles. Give me some titles. Wade first. All right. Wade first. Okay. Uh, whoops. Guess I'll die. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Well, it's well established that we know that I like that title. For things, but... <laughs> Mine's just, uh, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> I like both of these pretty similarly, and out of fairness, I'm going to let Mark go first this time. Good. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So mine's a pretty simple one. Uh may have been mentioned in the past before, probably not the feature of an episode, but once upon a time, there was a whale on a beach. And then a few, day or a few days later, <laughs> there was no longer a whale on that beach. And then the story in the interim is as follows. There was about a 45-foot-long sperm whale that washed ashore. Uh, on the Oregon coast, and it was looked at and determined to be too heavy to move because the sand was too soft. It, they couldn't get any kind of like heavy equipment vehicle out there. It would have been extremely difficult. And the problem is when you get a, a creature of that size, a 45 foot long whale, as it decomposes, it starts to smell really bad really quickly because of the sheer amount of stink that it could possibly produce. So they thought, we'll blow it up with dynamite. Obviously. And then it'll be cleared out and the resulting pieces would be small enough for animals to eat and the circle of life, you know, it's like the Lion King all over again. Well, then comes in a man named George Thornton. Now, George Thornton, if you want to imagine this man, imagine uh, the demo man from TF2, you know, really angry, <laughs> really drunk, one leg, one eye, and just like dynamite strapped to his body because he was chosen to be the supervisor of how to blow this up because he was an engineer. He was also a military veteran with explosive training. Uh, so he thought, hmm, it might not be a good idea to use too little because we don't want to accidentally not do this. Sure. Oh wait, no, I'm wrong. This guy actually was not the demo man. Oh. He was uh, the 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 lady who's trying to keep all of them in check. Paulson, Paul Paul Paulton, Paulson, Paul Loden, Palodian, Paulton, <laughs> Paul Paula, Paul TF2. What Paula? I I know I don't know. Miss Pauling. Okay. Miss Pauling is Miss Pauling because I, I misread this. A charge of one half short ton of dynamite was selected, which is 450 kilograms. George Thornton said that might wait. No, sorry. Stop. Back up. George Thornton is the demo man. Aha! There was a military veteran with explosives training. Miss Pauling was on the, the scene. George Thornton is the demo man. And the military veteran said that the planned 20 cases of dynamite was far too much. They had 20 
cases of dynamite, and he said that instead 20 sticks of dynamite would have sufficed, but his advice went unheeded. For reference, 20 sticks is about eight and a half pounds of dynamite. The planned amount. 20 cases is how much? <laughs> the, pl the planned amount. Okay, so it's 3.8 kilograms for 20 sticks. They used 450 kilograms of dynamite. <laughs> On November 12th at 3.45 p.m., the dynamite was detonated. And the explosion was so unbelievably powerful that large pieces of blubber landed near buildings in parking lots like hundreds of feet away from the beach's location. Cars were crushed <laughs> by the sheer amount of whale that was blasted into the air. And then literally the explosive experts brand new vehicle purchased during a quote, get a whale of a deal promotion in a nearby city oh was God. flattened by a chunk of falling blubber. Ooh. Later that day, Thornton told the Eugene Register Guard, quote, it went just exactly right, except the blast funneled a hole in the sand under the whale, and that some of the whale chunks were subsequently blown back towards the onlookers and their cars. <laughs> and thus, the story of the whale on the Oregon shore ends. <laughs> with a bang <laughs> i imagine the guy who was given the advice to only use 20 sticks walks up and he's like whale 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 look who was right and everyone's like shut up carl <laughs> so i have one question that i don't know if the information is good is the, is the whale uh, when this is all beginning is the whale dead before they decide <laughs> they need to explode it or oh, is the whale yeah. just laying on the beach like Hey. Help, please, God, help me now. Can you roll me back in? And the, the people are just like, we got to explode it. We got to get rid of this whale. <laughs> and this whale knows English enough to be like, yeah, oh, wait a minute, hold on now. <laughs> the whale's the old guy from Monty Python. I'm not dead. I'm feeling better. <laughs> I feel happy. It's presumably it's already dead, but only presumably. Or maybe not only presumably. Yes. The stench uh, would suggest it was dead. Or it didn't bathe. You could be right. I'm no whale hygiene expert. Why but... would I need to bathe? I live in the giant bathtub. <laughs> Terry, there's a difference between getting wet and using soap. You gotta use this soap, man. Who's talking to the whale? Is it another whale? Uh it's like a it's like a sea lion or something. It's like his buddy. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's, it's not a Disney movie. What's the movie, the company that makes Ice Age? It's one of those movies. DreamWorks? Pixar? DreamWorks? No, it's different. Skyfall Entertainment, something like that. Ah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, guys. Doesn't matter. Do you think they warned the, the surrounding areas that they were doing this, or do you think they just got this all together and were like, yes, perfect? No, there was a there was a promotion at a car sale. It was like the whale of a deal thing. That's real. Well, they knew about the whale, but do you think they sent out like flyers like, hey, we're going to make a big fucking explosion on Wednesday afternoon, just so you know, just so you're not afraid the like, Russians are attacking or something? <laughs> I think they did because there were like uh, observers. People were watching this. It was a, clearly an event, and the, the established cordon of safety was not anywhere nearly far enough away from the blast. <laughs> so not only were like chunks thrown, but smaller and a wash, like a, you know, an explosion mist of, of uh, whale debris rained over the onlookers. It was like Gallagher's whale show. There's probably one guy who like really loves whale debris who was just really having a great time <laughs> while everyone else was miserable. What? How? 
How would you come to you know? You know whale debris guy was you there. You love whale debris. I mean, he probably discovered it there, you know, if anything. <laughs> Something was awoken in him that day. Everyone's screaming and freaking out, removing blubber from their eyes. This one guy's just like, fuck yes! <laughs> he tries to play it cool at first, so he's like, oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh god, oh, oh this is god. so gross! Do it again! Oh no, hope they don't do it anymore. Spent the rest of his life trying to bait whales to get washed up on beaches. God, what, what, what attracts whales? How do I get whales up here? He puts a carrot on a stick. He's like, please, please, come on. Yeah, whales. Notorious carrot eaters. Whales are like ocean horses. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure, I'm not going to question that at all. Good. Me neither. Excellent. Whales Excellent. are like ocean horses. Nope, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to leave that one alone. <sighs> Perfect. A classic tale. That doesn't seem like that crazy of an idea at its core. I just don't know how someone who supposedly is an expert in explosives concludes that that's the correct amount to use. That seems like the mistake. They probably saw the opportunity to make a big-ass explosion. They were like, dude, I'm doing this. <laughs> just some guy was like, I can convince them I'm an explosives expert. And we can do whatever I want. Puts on a mustache. See, I'm Paula Dean from uh, the Team Fortress 2. <laughs> Paula Dean. I don't know what you said. <laughs> I know, I know, man. <laughs> oh, hey, y'all, I think there's a spy around us. You know, Paula Dean. Oh. Yeah. She's Southern, right? I don't know. Good story, Mark. Thanks, thanks. A classic explosion of a whale story. We all have those. We all do. We all do. Wade, what was your title? All right, I'm going to make mine short, sweet, and to the point. My title was, whoops, guess I'll die. Mm. But I want to get to my last one. I've been saving my, my favorite one for last. So I'm going to do this one here. <clears throat> Let's go a little bit forward in the future from the 1400s to the year... 2000. You guys remember 2000. Blockbuster was still in its prime, and Blockbuster's CEO had a meeting with an upstart DVD mailing company called Netflix. Netflix wanted to sell to Blockbuster for $50 million, and the Blockbuster CEO apparently tried really hard not to laugh them out of his office as he said, no, uh, no thank you. We'll be fine without you. And, uh, <clears throat> The fast forward to 2022, Netflix, while um, people are upset with it right now, is still worth over $32 billion, and Blockbuster is just a memory in us old people's minds. In a similar fashion, a company called Yahoo, you guys remember Yahoo? Oh, Yahoo. yeah. I love Yahoo. Uh, had chances to buy both Google and Facebook at different points and declined both companies. So, <clears throat> where are those companies now? Whoops. Guess they died. Hey, Yahoo still exists. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it does. They do stuff. And Blockbuster, I think, has one store somewhere. Yeah, it's not. Blockbuster is actually dead. The the Blockbuster, the world's last Blockbuster that exists or whatever is like, it's like a, it's, I mean, it's not a joke. They take it seriously, but it's like, they do it privately. They just bought a bunch of Blockbuster shit and still run a store. It's not a thing. But yeah, no, that's, <laughs> just seeing those now, that's very funny. Yeah. But I would imagine companies in the like Yahoo was at the top of the search engine game, uh, maybe not a decade ago, 
15 years ago. I had forgotten that Netflix started off as DVD rental. I remember seeing like the little machines outside of like the stores where you could go and like put some money in and like get a DVD to take home. Yeah. I had forgotten about that until I was reading up on it again. Yeah. I never did any of it. I never rented any. I never rented one either. I was like, that's, I'm just going to go to Blockbuster, dude. Yeah. <laughs> My dad was a very early Netflix adopter and we used to, he had like the subscription where it's like you could have two and you had to return them at a certain time and when you return them, you'd get the next one. He, it was like library stuff, right? You'd have like a queue of things you want to rent. And when you return one, you could take out the next one on your list or whatever. I want to say we had Netflix in like 2005 or 2006. Yeah. Here, I'm going to use Yahoo to Google this. I'm going to use <laughs> Yahoo to Google this. Listen, it's not Yahoo's fault that nobody Yahoo's anything, okay? Have we forgotten the other word for Google this is search for? No, that doesn't no, sound. That no, sounds no, stupid. No. Oh, okay. I'm going to Alta Vista it. I'm going to ask Jeeves about this one. I'm going to plug it into my Stadia. Okay, so Netflix DVD service, their mail to your house DVD service, apparently started in 97. Oh, really? That early? Okay. That's wild. Maybe that's that's just when the company was founded officially but like that's earlier than i even thought so there was like one person who had some like i don't even know if they had dvds in 97 they probably had some vhs tapes they did they did, they did. dvds started in the, okay i thought they DVDs didn't were like send vhs's to, to anyone's houses that's for sure yeah it's like one paper boy who's like his dad's like hey uncle tom paid five dollars to rent this video can you just drive it over there uh he, he can return it and get another video afterward if he pays me like 10 more bucks and the kid's like i got an idea <laughs> <laughs> what? Clear? What'd you say? Clear throat. That's I how didn't kids hear you. start. <laughs> I got an idea. Now, son, you know I hate it when you talk like that. Can you? Just... Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I just want to make you proud, Dad. That's what all young CEOs <laughs> sound like. <laughs> They've all got the same voice. <sighs> But seriously, though, it must be so hard when you're a company that's on top of whatever your business is. I can't imagine how many times you see stuff like that come across your desk where it's like, oh, this new this new startup is kind of taken off. Yeah. You want to buy a glimp clomp for $30 million? It's like, no, those guys are idiots. No, I want a glimp clomp. <laughs> that sounds cool. I mean, it does sound cool, but they normally don't. They normally sound stupid. For every big thing like that that we hear about, there were probably a hundred companies they turned down that they rightfully turned down. Yeah. So they look stupid in hindsight for like that one decision, but we also don't see all of the ones they made the right decision on. Yeah, there's a lot of quibbies in the world. <laughs> for, every, for every Netflix, there's at least a few dozen quibbies. Yeah, probably more. And uh, even though quibby is on my list i have another story here if you want it oh i'm sorry. i've got another one too are we titling okay keep, yeah. keep going boys all right i'll go first this time my title is fun times in cleveland today <laughs> uh mine's not that good mine's just shit where's the key Mark wins this one. That was. Did you know I like those videos that much? We've talked about this. I love those videos that much. I fucking love. If you, uh, uh, listeners, if you've never listened to the Cleveland Travel Bureau uh, promotional videos on YouTube, you should check them out. They're very funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have the stage, Mark. So this is uh, taking place in Cleveland. Many of you might have heard of this story, but we're talking about the uh, great and calamitous balloon fest of 86 <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what balloon fest is and wondering oh when's balloon fest coming back it never will it, it wreaked havoc on the ecosystem for years untold but what happened you must be asking well cleveland is uh, well known to be uh cleveland and <laughs> as such it has a reputation for being incredibly depressing and having nothing going for it 
this still holds to this day. But in 86, there was a shining beacon of hope for Cleveland. And it's such a fun coincidence because the anniversary of this event was merely two days prior to the recording of this particular episode, which will incredibly date it for everyone that is listening. In September of 1986, in Cleveland, someone, I forget who, it looks like the local chapter of United Way, which is a, a charity organization, I believe, uh, decided that they wanted to set the world record for most balloons released in one go. And where better than Cleveland? It was intended to be a harmless fundraising publicity event, but the balloons, unfortunately, did not cooperate on that particular day, nor would they have ever cooperated on any particular particular day when you see the pictures of what 1.5 million balloons looks like when released <laughs> into the air. No. Just for a moment, just like try to contemplate the sheer number of, uh, of plastic rubber balloons that are just launched in the sky, all with streamers of various different colors, but then know that the footage that was recorded is still 1986 footage, so it looks very desaturated grain. It looks like an amorphous blob of horrific nightmares that are sailing through the sky like some ethereal Cthulhu-esque horror that creeps its way across the sky. It was so thick, it literally blotted out the sun for a great deal of time for the for the initially very excited and then soon very horrified onlookers in Cleveland. It was not a harmless event at all, and it actually resulted in casualties. Two fishermen, Raymond and Bernard, who had gone out on September 26th, were reported missing by their families on the day of the event. Rescuers spotted their boat was anchored, but they searched for the two fishermen in an area that was described as being an asteroid field of balloons. Because <laughs> once they go up, they must come down. And they came down not over the lake, Lake Erie, which is a very, very big lake. It would have been just as bad for them to go out there. No, it circled back around and then rained down on the entire sweeping area of about uh, like several hundred, uh, maybe even thousands of acres of land where these were found. Unfortunately, the two fishermen their bodies washed ashore and the Coast Guard suspended its church on September 29th. The amount of damage that was caused is unknown, but United Way settled, I believe, from a lawsuit for the fisherman's family for $3.2 million. However, the actual cost of how much it took to clean up everything and the time it took is unknown. And even to this day, you can still find balloons strewn about the greater Cleveland area. That's so insane. It is. While you were doing that, I also looked up the video. Mm -hmm. It literally looks like what they make CGI, like villains and monsters and stuff look like now. Yeah. It had the way when they initially release it, the way it engulfs the building. Yeah. It's yeah. like a skyscraper and the balloons are just like, yeah. And it like, it has, it has the aesthetic of a terrifying calamity that's happening. Yeah. It's, it's CG artists wish they could have done it like that. It is truly terrifying. The, the scale of it, it just, you cannot comprehend. You have to watch the video. My description does not do it justice. So I know it was a different time, but it's not even that different of a time. This happened in 1986. That's 40, almost 40 years ago, I guess. Yeah. 36 years. Not a single person heard this plan and was like, where are the balloons going to go? 
<laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. No one thought about where all of that shit would end up. It sounds like it would look really cool, but then what do do the balloons just float off into space or yeah, yeah, they'll just keep going into space. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe no one had that thought. Yeah. It is <laughs> insane. You guys want to try to beat the record? Yes. 1.50001 <laughs> million balloons. We'll do it over the ocean. No one cares about the ocean. Let's do 10 times as much. 10 million balloons. Yeah. I also like that they were all filled by hand and there's there's videos of people just sitting under a, an unbelievable mass of balloons trapped in the world's largest net, just filling them, tying them, and then letting them go and hoping that they float straight up into the net of balloons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all for the sake of, like, they sold the balloons at $1 per balloon for charity. So at the end of this, they were only open to raise, like, at most, minus all of the costs of yeah, getting it to raised. actually happen. <laughs> Like, it's like just, one and a quarter million. Yeah. I, I don't even know how much balloons cost. It might be less than a million dollars they raised with all the costs of coordinating and oh, stuff. It was even less. Sorry. It was one dollar for two balloons. Oh, no, man. <laughs> their revenue, their total revenue before subtracting costs and stuff was $750,000 for this. Yep. That is just not even worth it to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yep. It took six There's months to prepare. A more efficient way to raise money. Six months. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for it, and I like how they say, but the balloons drifted back over the city. Like, oh, yeah, it would have been fine if they landed somewhere <laughs> else. Oh, man, if only they landed on, like, the woods or the, or the armless woodland creatures or something. Well, you know what they did is before they started, they all said a collective prayer to the wind god to take those <laughs> balloons over to Michigan and torture those idiots. Yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, not only did the airport have to shut down the runway for uh, half an hour after balloons started to land there without calling the, the air traffic control tower and like the nerve of them. Oh. But there were also car crashes reported as, quote, drivers swerved to avoid slow motion blizzards of multicolored orbs or took oh their God. eyes off the road to gawk at the overhead spectacle. This is it. There was a guy that was standing around who got covered in like the balloon debris and he became whale debris guy. <laughs> he just was waiting this for this This was his moment. awakening. <laughs> you know, I'll never relive the glory of those whale days. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Oh my god. The only the only way that this may have been worse is if they literally brought in the National Guard to aim all their AA guns and any any weapon they had up at the skies, like let the balloons have their fun. After ten minutes, take them down. <laughs> Nothing better than firing bullets up into the air. Surely they won't land can't anywhere have, else. Can't have balloons up there. We gotta shoot those boys back out of the sky after after everyone's had their, you know, moment. One point four million balloons and three million bullets, because we didn't have the best sharpshooters. Oh yeah, well you kinda just you know, spray up there and hope you hit some. That's what I do anyway. <laughs> I What a beautiful event. I already knew that this happened, but every time I think about it, I'm still completely flabbergasted because the consequences that happened are so painfully obvious. You'd think. I, <sighs> you would think. I love the idea that they're actually just Ohio State fans trying to punish Michigan and they're like, oh, wait, and then the balloons come straight down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that's a pretty bad that's a pretty dumb mistake yep 
That's a bad. That's a bad failure. Yeah. Well, I do gotta say, shout out to Wikipedia and Men's Journal for uh, helping me find my articles. I don't know. If, I don't know how sourced it works, but I found all of mine from uh, the Art of the Fail, the Eleven Worst Failures in History. So this last one is a story you're all familiar with. I call it Shit Wears the Key. But everybody knows the story of the Titanic, right? Sure. Big boat, unsinkable, hit iceberg, sink. Whoops. And Leonardo DiCaprio died because that door was not big enough. So one of the theories as to what went wrong, and it's not just a theory, there's like factual evidence supporting it. It might not have made the biggest difference, but it also could have. The two guys in the crow's nest did not have access to binoculars to help them look for icebergs. And one of the reasons for that was originally uh, there was a man named David Blair who was hired to be one of the men in the crow's nest. And a couple of days before the Titanic was set to, or going to set sail, they actually replaced him and the other dude. They got some other guys in that apparently had more experience. And they're like, okay, he's, they, these, this, these guys have been on big ships before. They got more experience. So we're going to put them in there. And David was kind of sad. He wrote a postcard to his sister-in-law like, oh man, I was really excited to be on the Titanic, but now I'm not going to get to do it. But that's okay. The problem is David here, also called Davy, good old Davy, had a key to a box in the crow's nest where the binoculars were stored. And David... Davy did not give the key back. He forgot. And uh, he took the key with him. So the dudes in the crow's nest trying to find binoculars couldn't find any and also didn't have a key to that locked box that who knows what the hell was in there. Turns out that's where those binoculars were. That key's actually on display now and is well known as being the key that could have saved the Titanic. Oops. Oops. Wait, so that guy survived and then like in the lifeboats was like, oh. He wasn't on it. He, he, he They uh, oh. demoted him and he was oh. no longer on the boat at all. I'm a good listener. Yeah. Well, that's not great. On April 9th, he left the Titanic with the key. And I think the boat set sail a couple days later. Because it was April 14th is when it sunk. So I don't know exactly when it started the voyage. But he was not on the boat. His postcard to his sister, he, he wrote, this is a magnificent ship. I feel very disappointed I'm not to make her first voyage. And uh, yeah, he had the key. And I think someone, like one of his descendants, later donated it to like a museum or something to be put on display. The key to the crow's nest. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. Kind of a big uh, thing. Because, yeah, I think binoculars have been, like, a pretty well-mentioned thing. As to, like, why were, couldn't they have seen the iceberg through the binoculars? Because, you know, binoculars, those things that have been basically around since the 1600s in one form or another. You'd think on a big boat looking for icebergs, maybe you give the guys up top in the crow's nest access to something to look for them. No. Rather than just putting their hand over their eyes in the dark, like, I see those Leonardo's making out down there, but man, oh man, I sure can't see shit past that. I mean, could you tear your eyes away? Honestly, could you? From those buttons? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry, were they looking all the way into the shipping area? What's that called? The car where they do it. <laughs> well, haven't you seen the movie, silly? After they fuck in the car, they go running and skipping up on the deck, yeah. holding hands and being like, oh, you were saying we you could just see his had bones, sex. Huh? Well, you don't, you don't know what they did. There's no telling what actually happened there. Right? No, it's yeah, it's uh, unclear. Unclear. That's true. Unclear. Wanna, oh, well, they probably just hung out and talked in the car. <laughs> Well, we could just ask him. Let's, Leonardo, we know you're a big fan of Distractable. What happened on the Titanic? <laughs> Get back to us in the Reddit. subreddit. <laughs> that. Well, it's hard to argue that sinking the Titanic on purpose is not a pretty bad mistake. <laughs> he was so bitter that he couldn't be in the crow's nest. He intentionally took the keys. Like, good luck spotting icebergs without this, bitches. This is my souvenir. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. You no keep, I keep. <sighs> 
There's so many good stories. I thought I was going to struggle with this one, but man, there's so many good ones. I don't even know if I picked the best ones. Humanity likes to make mistakes, and especially big ones with obvious consequences, I guess. I don't know how that all happened, but... Yeah, you'd think they'd be obvious, but turns out, no. Yeah, no, it's just me with my hindsight being all 2020. Just Monday morning quarterbacking these guys. It's not fair. Who would have known so many balloons would be such a problem? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I suppose I need to pick a winner then, don't I? Well, you don't have to, I suppose. I carefully kept track. You always pick the loser. <laughs> I could do that. I uh, I carefully kept track of all the points that you all both accrued over the course of this episode. Thank you for your uh, research and submissions. I do appreciate it. I will say you both had some strong stories. And while, while I think it was close, I think I know who the winner is. Which means that I know who the loser is. Mm. And the loser oh. of today's episode is clearly Mark. <coughs> Back on top, oh. baby! It honestly was close because I liked all the stories i think the main thing unfortunately for you mark is i knew about the whale and i knew about the balloon fest i felt like we've talked that's about fair, the whale all before haven't we? those are excellent those are excellent tales of massive screw-ups and failures but uh i think the the excitement of them was undercut that i had just sort of heard both of them before but that's fair i get that i get it though good good stories i hadn't heard the balloon one before that was new for me the google barges is excellent and i love that but uh Wade wins. Do you have a do you have a winner's speech, Wade? Look, humanity has made a lot of big mistakes through the years. It's true. And Bob might have made one today, but it's too late now because I'm the winner. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> I think. Am I offended? <laughs> or are you offended? I don't know. <laughs> the biggest mistake of all. Only the future will know. Yeah, I have a loser speech mark. How's it feel? I feel uh, unfair something. I'm mad, but at least next time I don't have to come up with a topic. I'm, I'm mad. No. Well, take that, Wade. That's what you get for winning. Yeah. You guys have any ideas for a topic for the next one? Nope. Mm, poop. All right. You heard it here first. If the next episode's not about poop, you're a liar. Thank you. It's true. And I might be. You might be. Thank you, listeners, for listening once again to the greatest podcast you've ever listened to, probably. Uh, make sure that you follow Distractable or subscribe or whatever. Whatever thing you listen to this on or in, whichever is the right word, uh, hit the plus sign or the check mark or the subscribe button or all that stuff because it comes out every Monday and you don't want to miss it. And you're always as good or better than this episode was, except for that one, which is just a terrible piece of shit. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> Surprisingly, we talk about it all the time and I love it. <laughs> you can find Mark at Markiplier on the internet in internet places and Wade is Lord Minion 777 or Minion 777 if you want to find him on Twitch. I am MySkerm. I'm now streaming on Twitch again. So if you haven't seen that, you come watch or whatever, but you'll never spell it. So good luck. That is all for today's episode. Like we always say when this thing ends, merch. I don't like plugging the merch, okay? As we always say, merch. As we always say, <laughs> you better go to store.stripal.com and buy some shit. We're a little split here about the merch. 70, 30, 50, 50. It's hard to tell. Nah, I'm a failure. Fine, whatever. That's it. All right. Podcast out. <laughs>